Hi, this is Lisha. And this is Steph. And you're listening to Trashbacks Podcast. Hi, Steph. <laughs> Hi, Lisha. How's it going in Bangalore? Also, like from what I hear, India is not doing so good. Good, good, good. good well, good, good. but 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 I'm in my house, locked down, uh, protected from reality. <laughs> I'm nice. Not looking at the news as much. So oh, you know, good, my good, world good. is good, but India is just uh, out of limits. It's so fucked up. And what about Canada? Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Canada. Um. Well, we're kind of in a chaotic system of trying to get people vaccinated, but, like, not very organized with that whole process. So, that's going how that's going. I mean, at least you have vaccines. (laughs) Yeah, at least we have vaccines. And (laughs) there are people I know who are starting to get them, which Mm -hmm. is nice. Yeah. And they're young people, right? Uh, Some young people. Mostly old people have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. They're trying to open up vaccinations to younger people by the end of May. Mm. So that'll be nice. That's Currently good sitting at May 7th as we're recording. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we get into it? Yes, we'll talk course. about some rich people and financial privilege today. Mm-hmm. The topic for the ages. So I guess what kind of got us onto this topic before we hit record, because we chat before we hit record um was this idea of this vaccine discrepancy and like why here in canada we have vaccines that are getting rolled out and in america and other countries that are considered first world countries and where you are there's no vaccines and there's no oxygen and there's so much more struggle going on despite the fact that in india is where some of the vaccines are being developed Mm-hmm. We're in the peak of the second wave right now. We've had some of the highest cases in the last three days. And there is severe shortage of oxygen, of hospital beds, of uh, vaccines. So India is uh, the largest producer of vaccines and uh, we don't have them. So I, I um it's, it's gobsmacking how this works. I mean, it's great that we're producing it for the rest of the world, but can we make some for ourselves as well? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's more complicated than this, but it's just common sense at this point. Yeah, it's almost like you guys should be like sneaking some away for yourselves, being like, yeah, we only made 100 today, but like actually just like sneaking 50 off to the side for yourselves. I mean, like, obviously in different (laughs) numerical proportions. If you did that, then the... (laughs) If you did that, then the government wouldn't be making money. So, I mean, it's all about money. Not people, not lives. There's no value for lives anymore. It's only only money. Like, what is money? You know, such an arbitrary marker on the value of a thing. And, like, especially when this thing is responsible for human life. I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's, 
it's so beyond understanding at this point there's such huge wealth disparities in the world i would have never imagined a trillionaire and i would have never imagined a billionaire to exist yeah on this earth like it's kind of wild when you reach a point of like i like was chatting with my dad and my grandparents and my dad is getting to the point where he wants to retire soon and my grandparents are retired and my grandparents say like oh if you had a million dollars you could retire you know like that would be so comfortable and my dad just like looks and he laughs and he goes no a million dollars doesn't get you anything these days and like <laughs> what the hell is that you know like there was a time when you could retire for a hundred thousand dollars and you were the richest person, you know, like that would get you by just fine for the rest of your days. And you might even have a small inheritance to leave to someone. Now a million means nothing. Like how do we get to that point? And like, just like, what is inflation? What is money? What is everything? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if all the money that, that the 1% of the richest people was spread across to humanity, then poverty wouldn't even exist, I would imagine. I consistently see poor people around me here, and it doesn't make sense that somebody's suffering for their basic necessities, and some people, some essential workers, cannot even afford to get a vaccine because they don't want to be lying in bed because they would lose out on their income for that few days. Yeah, it's 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 messed up in like such mm. a weird way of like yeah, if the 1% was even if they were just ever so gracious as to be like, "Okay, that's fine. I can give away some of my wealth to give these people a paycheck so that they can, you know, essentially take the paid sick leave." Um that they need so that they can get a vaccine so that they can continue to go to work and you know provide a service that we all need and we all appreciate yeah that would be so useful i came up with this and i'm very proud of it and i call it survival of the richest (laughs) (laughs) and that's what it is exactly like that yeah that is really what the system is is you know we've Mm. evolved so it's no longer survival of the fittest it is survival of the richest and it's the richest on an individual level it's also the richest on a like a corporate level and richest on like a country level you know my country is doing better than your country because my country Mm -hmm. is considered a richer country yes that's so messed up it's so messed up so i was thinking about this the other day my life my survival is um so dependent on the country that i'm in right now if i was in canada i would be so much more safer and i there's more security for my life because right now during the second wave younger people are getting affected and they're dropping dead like flies uh, because these symptoms don't show up until it's too late And so that got me thinking, because the government is handling uh, the situation so terribly over here, does that mean my chances of survival, my chances of being alive drops? How unfair is that? I mean, Mm -hmm. if we are all equal on this planet, 
but just my location mm-hmm. can uh, you know have a huge impact on my existence which like i mean that it's interesting too because like that sort of has i mean i'm not going to say all what i mean probably always but i'm no history buff um like been the case it just gets so forgotten about right and i mean for some people it's very not forgotten about and it's very on the forefront of their minds but something like you know i'm in canada and i'm privileged to be in canada and i think of it as like oh i can have a good education and i have good healthcare and whatever but if i was born in yemen like what is my state of life they have literally been in a humanitarian crisis for so long they're in the middle of wars mm-hmm. that you know these people just because you're born there doesn't mean that you deserve to have that situation and like mm-hmm. you know countless refugees from countless countries are you know coming from places and those are you know it's like oh that person's coming from a war torn country and that's what you think of as coming from a bad place to live in to be in like a bad situation to have started in but now we're seeing with this virus that's global it's worldwide and like yet again countries are considered to be another bad place to be in and you didn't choose that mm-hmm. it's just the situation yeah. that it is i mean in the beginning of the pandemic when it was all new i was like the thoughts that went in my, went to my head was okay it's a virus it would treat humans equally <laughs> you know there's not going to be there's not going to be a, a disparity in terms of the country that i'm from there's not going to be any disparity with the uh, wealth the uh, with how rich i am mm-hmm. it like finally it seemed like, like an equalizer like it was like this thing that didn't give a yeah. fuck who you were because it was beyond that but at this point it doesn't seem that way anymore because if the richest countries have secured themselves by having better governments by having better impl- implementations of uh, you know restrictions and um, enforcing the law mm-hmm. and not only that they got the first supply of vaccines us has an excess of vaccines people are not uh, you know going to get vaccinated in as much big numbers anymore so this makes no sense anymore yeah <laughs> yeah it's like like a virus is it, it doesn't give a fuck it acts how it wants to act and now yeah what we're really seeing is the human impact on a virus like this right like the human impact mm-hmm. is how we treat each other how we treat other countries how we're treating our own neighbors right like my neighborhood that i live in is considered a better like lower risk area than my sister's neighborhood yet for some reason mm-hmm. my area got a lot more vaccinations than hers did and people had to stand up and step up and say hey we actually are an area with a lot more community living situations a lot more people living a lot more denser we have a higher homelessness rate so we have a lot more people in shelter systems and then you know a lot more people just the interactions are totally different you know i was laughing about seeing what i coined the peloton mom you know it's the yoga mom but heightened you know it's the yoga mom with even more money <laughs> and like that 
disparity in even just within the city of Toronto is apparent how how much more it would appear the oh how do I phrase this like how much more it seems the government cares for people with more money you know it's like oh you can you can have this vaccine it's chill you've been working from home for a year and you don't need to leave you can drive somewhere you don't need to take public transit you'll get a vaccine that person who's been walking everywhere because they're scared to take public transit they might not get the vaccine mm-hmm. yeah and like now they are vaccinating those hotspot areas but then you like that's really what our two situations are blown up on a bigger level is why am I getting I mean I haven't been vaccinated yet I haven't been eligible but why am I more likely to get a vaccine much sooner than you is that my country's a richer country and that's really Mm -hmm. fucked up especially when your country's developing them like it's so fucked up yeah we're manufacturing them but uh, apparently india has ordered uh, vaccines to cover only about two percent of our population um because they want to try and fulfill orders from the first world countries first and then you know the priority for us is probably much later which doesn't make sense from your own government standpoint or my understanding of you know like government should care for its people and want its people to do well and to thrive because that's how they do well and they thrive you know governing body is in charge of people what are you going to do when all your people fall ill you know who are you going to govern and you know let's be serious when we see the history of how different countries treat each other it's never the nicest you know like countries are fucking dicks to each other so like to a degree like you kind of got to watch out for yourself because Who's watching out for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, survival of the richest, indeed. I was just thinking about this the other night, um, kind of just reminisce about things before I go to bed. Um, this has probably been one of the biggest, most traumatic events that has happened in my lifetime. And I've sort of been kind of like waiting for something like this to happen all my life, at least ever since I have been, you know, aware of things. For some reason, I've always been very pessimistic. Like every time the new year rolls in, I'm like, is something bad going to happen this time? (laughs) And something bad (laughs) did happen this time. And uh, 2021, going into 2021 was easier because I already knew something bad has happened you know (laughs) yeah so did you kind of have that mentality of like well it's already bad it can't get worse or were you like well it's this bad but how much worse is it gonna get I guess it's like okay something bad has happened and I can sort of manage or like handle it okay so kind of like if we got through that we can get through more I guess yeah because I'm always expecting some kind of environmental related catastrophe 
Mm-hmm. You're just waiting around the corner to happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read so much about all the nonsense we do to the earth. Yeah. So this, and you're just kind of like, well, I knew the inevitable was coming. <laughs> and it's pretty intense. It's so intense. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's taking a lot for me to handle all of this. You know, like, oh, because yeah, true. that was going to be my next question is like, how have you been handling it? It's very overwhelming. It's more like, you know, when you're in the middle of a situation, you don't really know how to handle things because you don't have perspective from a distance. Mm. I guess everything will sink in once the situation has passed. And now it's just survival mode is on and it's like... <laughs> You know, let's just think about keeping ourselves safe, me and my family. And I, I do think it's interesting, and I'm going to, like, sound like an asshole here, because, like, also I am kind of an asshole. Um, but, like, for me, I keep waiting for it, it to hit me. And, like, to be honest, I don't feel like it is. So, like, maybe it'll hit me afterwards, like... Maybe once the world becomes normal, I'll be like, oh, right, that's what the world's supposed to feel like. But I was working this week with my sister and her boyfriend, and they have both been, like, you know, pretty affected by things. And they're like, like, you know, they both uh, were able to get their vaccines. And he's, like, really, like, super pro-vaccine, like, trying to convince all of his friends, everyone around him to get it. Which, like, yeah, for sure, like, I'm also pro-vaccine. Um... But it's interesting, like, they are so much more like, oh my gosh, I want the world to open again, like, I can't wait for it to open again. But I've had the privilege of, like, I lived with a roommate at the beginning of um, quarantine, at the beginning of everything, when lockdown happened. I was living with my same roommate, who, like, we had become friendly at the beginning of me moving in, and then we kind of drifted apart, and then when lockdown happened, like, I actually felt like I, like, gained a new friend there. Um, we just became a lot closer. We were hanging out all the time, every single day. Um, and then from there, I moved into my van because I was living in London, Ontario, where cases were pretty low. I was working my job where I had access to everything I needed to live comfortably and safely in my van. I still had sanitation, like I was still cleaning everything, but like really it felt just as comfortable as, and safe as living in my apartment. And then from there, I moved into Toronto, where I moved into yet another apartment with two new roommates. So, like, my living situation has continually changed. And I also describe myself as an introvert with no friends. So, like, (laughs) me not having these social connections, like, feels pretty normal. Mm -hmm. So I keep being like, wait, but isn't this what life has always felt like? And then I remind myself (laughs) that, like, no, it's not. You're just used to having... A limited social life because normally I work two or three jobs at a time or I'm mm-hmm. you know, when I was in London I was going rock climbing once a week I was going swimming once a week I would go on really long walks like me and you would hang out and like I was pretty used to you know occupying all of my time with things and now I've just occupied my time with trying to start a business and like I'm just mm-hmm. good I think at occupying my time so I've been very, very fortunate to not 
feel like I've been too effective, though I think it will be interesting to see when Toronto opens up. I think it'll kind of be shocking to me to realize that like, oh, this is what the city felt like last time I lived here, but I haven't lived mm -hmm. here for two or three years. So I just, it feels like this is what Toronto is, if that okay. makes any sense. Do you also think it's because you've distanced yourself from, you know, actually uh, seeing traumatic things on a daily basis that doesn't feel like it's actually happening in the world? I do think so. And that was something I hadn't really realized until having a conversation with one of my roommates I live with now. Because when I was living in London at the beginning of the pandemic, and, you know, there was news constantly all the time being super dark, my roommate had said, like, I refuse to let that play in our house. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. I know that it's there, but we were staying inside. We had someone else do our grocery shopping for us. We would watch, you know, like silly sitcoms or dumb movies. We would do a lot of crafts. We would play with her dog. Like, we pretty early into things, we made masks for ourselves, and we would wear them when we went out, even if other people thought that we looked like foolish fools. But... We were like, this is what makes us feel safe. We were washing our hands, washing our masks, doing everything. And kind of like, this is what makes us feel safe. But we never really watched the news. Then when I moved here and I was talking to my roommate, and she said that at her house, almost 24 hours a day, unless they went to sleep, or unless, yeah, pretty much unless they went to sleep, they had the radio playing. And it was constantly talking about coronavirus and updates and the world and Toronto and everything, everything like in her house. So she and, mm -hmm. you know, both of us experienced the same thing. We were about to open a show and both of our shows got closed um, differently. She was about to graduate from university, but I was about to finish an, an apprenticeship, which was supposed to get me into the union. So we were both of these like exciting times in our career that immediately got stopped she was thankfully able to still graduate from university but that changed for her and so for her it was a super super dark time whereas for me I was like this is great I can work on these knitting projects I never do I put a whole mosaic in my van counter I was like this is fantastic I like invented a shirt pattern from scratch because I finally have time to do that you know like I was only seeing it as like all of this free time to work on these crafts that I loved all the time whereas like yeah. even my family like they were watching the news constantly and they were like this is so dark this is so scary this is so horrible and I was like is it though like what if you just read a book instead you know then it's just like <laughs> an extended weekend or it's like early retirement you know like it's like taking a staycation like obviously not a vacation but like there's you know, it was going into the summer, the weather was nice, we had a balcony, so we were on our balcony all the time. I started a vegetable garden. So for me, it was like, pretty enjoyable, to be honest. And I've talked mm -hmm. to someone else who I know who's like, yeah, me and my husband, like, finally had time and we could like, go hiking and enjoy nature the way we never have because we always had to work our whole lives. And like, we're super busy this whole time. So it is interesting that like, the media we had consumed because it was so different we experienced everything so differently mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
there definitely was a point of time when I stopped watching the news because it was too overwhelming and I didn't know how to handle all of that information that was bombarded at me, like new uh, improvements, new advancements that has been happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And that period of time was much easier because, you know, I wasn't thinking about the number of cases out there or like uh, what vaccines are being de- developed and things like that. But also being ignorant is not always the best thing is what I feel in my opinion. Yeah, my one of my uncles got a little annoyed with me because he was like, now especially more than ever, like you should be watching the news, like you should be staying in with this. But honestly, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't go back and mm-hmm. watch. Like I was watching, um, you know, we were talking the other day about how um, – I check the weather pretty much every day, my weather network app, Mm. and they have little videos there. So sometimes it's a video of, like, a deer eating a leaf, and it's cute. But, like, they were having these coronavirus updates and, like, doctor conversations and stuff. So I would watch those in the morning. But it just kind of felt like I wasn't getting any new information, you know? The only new information was that more people were sick than they were last time I looked. So I just kind of didn't really understand, like, what, to be honest, I would gather from listening to this. It was like, we still don't know anything about this virus. More people are sick. People were, like, sending me conspiracy theories or maybe real theories. I don't (laughs) even know on, like, where the virus had come from. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I, quite frankly, don't give a shit where it came from. It's here now. And, like, I'm sure that medical science and other science cares where it came from. But for me, Mm -hmm. someone who has absolutely no impact on trying to end this virus, apart from doing my part, staying home, washing my hands, wearing a mask, staying away from other people, keeping my personal bubble small. You know, like, I was living in London, Ontario. You, one of my best friends, had just gone back to India, so we weren't hanging out. One of my other best friends there, he was very much keeping to himself, so we weren't hanging out. And all my other friends were my coworkers, and work had been shut, so I wasn't hanging out with anyone. You know, like, it just... Mm -hmm. I still don't really understand what I would have gained from watching that media and that news coverage, because it was just everyone against the virus. And Mm -hmm. what am I learning? You know? And everybody has their own way of dealing with things. They have different capacities mentally, right? And I guess it was ignorant of me to say that it's your ignorance. But as long as you're informed and you're doing the right things, yeah, sure. I mean, you can deal with things the way you want to. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, it was ignorance. For sure, it is ignorance. I still don't watch the news. I still don't look at that coverage. But like I said... I I don't really know what I gained from that. Like, mm. I checked to see if I'm eligible for a vaccine, and I'm not. It's not going to affect me personally as an individual if I find out that construction is now closed. Like, I get those updates, I hear those updates, I see those updates. That comes to me, mm. or I can seek that out if I want to know, okay, can I... I don't know, go buy more potting soil at the hardware store. No, I can't. All right, that's fine. My plant will stay in its pot. You know, like, 
know, I think it is interesting to this like news cycle and you know they kind of from what I've been told and have gleaned in my time in this planet is that the 24-hour news cycle and the way that things are being reported pre-corona really mm -hmm. started up with 9-11 and mm -hmm. the impact that that had on the world and the mm -hmm. impact I guess on the world yeah which 9-11 happened when I was in grade one. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought it was Remembrance Day because I was in grade one and it is one month off from Remembrance Day. You know, they're both on the 11th and I was, or I guess September to November, two months off. But I literally, that's what I thought was going on. I thought it was Remembrance <laughs> Day. We were looking at pictures of firefighters and I thought they were soldiers. I didn't know what was happening. Um, but that news cycle and people being so consumed by that news and that media mm -hmm. I think is interesting in the way that like the 24-hour news cycle was very much kind of the same dread and despair with corona but with 9-11 it was and I mean I'm saying this as a Canadian but it was very much seems like it was us versus them whereas with corona mm -hmm. it was us as a collective global versus it a virus you know like it was yeah it wasn't pitting people against each other until now yeah. until now we see this financial disparity has caused this like crazy vaccine disparity and this crazy health care system disparity mm -hmm. um but i don't know i guess that's sort of the one comparison that my brain makes is just like well if we're all at least on this united front against the virus then that's good we all have a common enemy except like the <laughs> anti-corona people or whatever who think that it's all a myth which like literally how the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anti-vaxxers uh, but this has got me thinking about um, the mental state of humanity in general right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you seem comfortable to be in a place that you find yourself most comfortable in. And I wouldn't say most comfortable. Um, I can choose to do that if I want to. I can just stop watching the news. I'm privileged as well. I'm, I live a very comfortable life. Even though I see so much shit around me when I step out of the house I still manage to live a comfortable life inside the house for myself <laughs> what is the right thing to do for example I mean this feels like a war it's a bio war against the virus like what if this was world war one or world war two you know <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, would would I be in the, in my comfort zone, or would I be would I be worked up about the things things going on in the world? I mean, I guess back then there wasn't technology, uh, technology wasn't as developed to share the news as quickly as we do now. I mean, I couldn't have been able to speak to you who was on the other side of the planet. Do you think technology has been a driving force for 
you know the disruption in our mental mental health um i think in a way like i think depending on how people use it it can either be a driving force in a negative way or in a positive way right so like if like my roommate you or her family whatever you had this radio playing all the time and it's only ever broadcasting negative information negative perspective negative news then you automatically have that around you because it's in the background even if you don't think you're listening you're hearing it right or if you don't have that playing and you're only using technology to connect with your friends who you can't see personally right now then you're gonna have a very different experience with the technology as a factor in things right like I know people or I guess I know one person specifically who comes to mind who does not own a TV I don't know if that person has all of these streaming platforms or maybe they watch the news on their laptop or their phone like I don't know how they're getting their information and their updates and stuff but I know that that person does not own a TV so they can't turn on CNN or Fox News or, you know, good or bad news sources is what I'm trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they just don't have that. I guess they do because phones and laptops. But it is definitely a different impact on you depending how you use it, which, I mean, you even see with music, right? If you only ever listen to music that has, like, strong like I can take on the world sort of messages then that's how you're gonna feel but if you're only ever listening to music that's sad heartbreak songs then that's how you're gonna feel you know because you're just kind of echoing it back to yourself I guess in the end of the day I think what I want to find out is um somewhere in my brain I feel like I feel guilty for being comfortable and happy um, while so much sadness is also happening probably a few miles away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is what is happening with me right now. Um, can I allow myself to be happy, you know? Or should I be worked up and try and I think you do something about it? I think you need to allow yourself to be happy so that you can be more beneficial in your helping. Because if, mm-hmm. if you totally wear yourself out by just being worried and having these negative thoughts and whatever, then you can't be of the most helpful. To someone but if you are right. still informed but not to a level that you're constantly you know unable to sleep for example right like that is definitely uh, something that has been affecting people during this is this inability to sleep and to get the rest yeah. that their body needs then how can you expect to perform on the same level yeah. that you need to to be able to help people right yeah I think also, like, I definitely am coming from a place of extreme privilege right now, because when I got laid off from work, 
I was then pretty quickly able to get government assistance for a few months. Then I was able mm-hmm. to get another job, which based on where I lived and what I was doing felt very safe. Like with the mm-hmm. virus, I wasn't scared at all. Um, lots of sanitation protocols in place. And like we wore our masks if we felt the need to. I was working outdoors. I was able to distance quite a bit. Uh, and then once that job ended, I was able to go on unemployment insurance. So I've currently been living on unemployment insurance and working my own business that I've, you know, kind of been starting, been working on, whatever, where I stay at home and I knit and I crochet and do macrame, which are my favorite hobbies in the world. And now I'm trying to monetize them. So, of course, I'm speaking from a place of financial privilege and general privilege because I don't have to be going to a coffee shop, a job I would not like doing, and interacting with hundreds of people on a day, getting, you know, my exposure rate so much higher, having to take transit every single day, like, because I don't have to do those things. I can feel a lot more comfortable. And because I don't have to do those things, I don't have to watch the news as often because I don't need to really necessarily know what are the exposure levels in the area I live. Because I'm home all the time. You know, I can easily go a week without leaving my house. You know, unless I'm going to the mail to drop something off, in which case, a lot of the time, I can just go to the mailbox. I don't even need to interact with a mail clerk. So I can go, and I also have the, you know, mental capacity to survive a week living on my own. Some people can't do that, you know? And I have roommates, so I don't even need to survive a week living on my own. I can still interact with my roommates. I can still Skype with you because of the, you know, benefit of technology. I can still chat with you once a week. This week, twice a week, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know, my financial privilege is the reason that I'm so comfortable right now. Without my financial privilege, I would definitely be in a very, very different situation. You know, like, to think of homeless people right now, not only do they not have housing security, but the government was, here in Toronto at least, was taking down and destroying the housing that was being provided to them by small organizations and people Mm -hmm. and on top of that they're basically all businesses at a point in time said no we're no longer accepting cash which means any cash or even small change that people were carrying that they would Mm -hmm. you know potentially you see someone homeless you give them some money it's a nice thing to do to help that person out now suddenly I don't carry any cash on me so if I pass someone homeless All I can think is, wow, I literally don't have anything to give you. So maybe I'll give you Mm -hmm. a granola bar because that's what I have in my bag. But Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm going to hand you my my debit card and say, here, have all of my my money. You know, like I I don't feel comfortable giving someone all of my wealth, you know, Yeah, which I think is fair. And how would they pay for things? Because if they're homeless, they don't have a bank account and they don't have a debit card or a credit card. How would they yeah. buy things, right? Yeah, how are they supposed to work their way out of their own situation if now mm. they're not even getting the help that they used to be getting from 
the generosity of strangers, which like, to be honest, has slowly, I'm sure, been getting less and less as more money becomes, you know, ones and zeros on a screen and less money becomes mm-hmm. proper physical cash. Those are some truth bombs, all right. It's all <laughs> about financial privilege. It truly is. Mm. It truly is. Survival of the richest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and this problem is only going to get bigger and bigger. Any environmental problems or any large-scale problems that might occur again in the future hopefully Mm -hmm. doesn't. But even if it does, then that means that the richest countries will be able to dig themselves out of the dirt, leaving the poor in the dust. Yeah, and the wealth gap that we already see is just going to get bigger and bigger. You know, like, there's already a wealth gap between countries, and Mm -hmm. this is just going to further divide if if these governing bodies aren't willing to step up and say, holy shit, I see that those people are struggling, and I have the ability to help them. Mm -hmm. Because we already see that. We already see that there have been countries that for years are stuck in bad situations and no one's helping them. Then I better make my way to Canada. I better marry yes. somebody <laughs> who is a citizen of Canada. Get myself out of here. <laughs> if I'll, keep I my eye out means... for, I'll keep my eye out for all the singles in my area. <laughs> I mean, if it literally means a matter of life or death for me at some point of time, then... <laughs> I mean, I better get on this quick. <laughs> the world is burning. The world is burning. <laughs> so I guess that's a wrap on this episode. <laughs> what a dark episode. I think this has been our darkest one yet. <laughs> Probably. I haven't laughed as much. No. As the other one. <laughs> Maybe next episode we'll try and make it cheery. I was gonna say this felt like therapy because I'm always, you know, coming to you and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed, I feel guilty about doing this, I feel guilty about doing that and you're like, No, it's okay, take care of yourself first and it's like it's like a session of ther- session in therapy with you. <laughs> Which is like so ironic because I take such shit care of myself and literally use my sister as a therapist amongst other people. <laughs> I mean, we should talk more about this. You know what I'm, you know what I'm hinting at. <laughs> <laughs> On a later episode, <laughs> next week perhaps. <laughs> next week perhaps. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and remember to tune in next week. Please show us some love on Instagram at TrashBagsPod, and remember, we might all be trash, folks, but don't be a trash bag. Be a reusable one. Also, thanks for our sound editor, Mika. This would all be so much worse without you. Bye now. Bye.